my husband and I used to be that kind of traditional missionary when we lived overseas. But when we came home, we're a little bit non-traditional now because we're still missionaries supported by this church. But um, I, I work now with refugees and immigrants, people from other cultures and other countries who have relocated here. And I just wanted to tell you a little uh, story of something that happened actually even last night. I was on a Zoom call with some folks. So I teach leadership courses and because of COVID and all the other complications of life and transportation, we are doing them on Zoom. So a few months back, I taught a, a group of about six people, just a small little group. And we were studying how to teach a Bible lesson and preparing lesson plans. And they were, the students were from Myanmar and from Africa, but they've lived here a long time. And we actually now call them new Americans. That's the, the new vocabulary to use because they've been here a long time. They're citizens, they're, um, they, they have work, they have, really good jobs and a lot going on, but now they're leading churches. So uh, can you put that first slide up, Grace? It started in Utah with our little stick figures here. And I just wanted you to see, cause this was, I could see it so much in my own mind that this class started in Utah on Zoom with one lady from Wendover was in the class. She's an American retired teacher. Well, when the class ended, the students were supposed to develop a lesson to teach someone, a group at church, children didn't matter, it's their choice. So um, several of them wanted to teach children, but they needed help. So the lady in Wendover offered to help them by demonstrating and teaching some lessons <clears throat> that she had for children. So now it's back to Utah because the children that they're gonna teach are here in Utah. So it's all again, still on Zoom. But the lady in Utah from Myanmar who had children she wanted taught also invited relatives from Florida who live in Florida. And so they joined and one of the ladies in Florida was actually from Myanmar, but she came for a visit and then they had the coup a couple of years ago, military takeover in, in Myanmar. And now she can't get back to her husband and children. So she joined from Florida and she asked her husband and children to join from Myanmar. Now, I don't know about you, but this really gets me excited. This small little group that I started with over here is now growing every night. And last night I was on and there were two pastors who are in Myanmar who were going through these children's lessons. And the one said at the end of the class, he said, I never had Sunday school, so I don't know how to teach children. And this is helping me so much. And now she can email the lessons to him and um, he can translate them he can teach them there. So 
I, I, this just excites me. And I, I want you all to know, thank you for supporting me as a missionary. I only do it part time, but look at the reach that we have from this little group of people right here. Isn't that amazing? Yay, God. <laughs> and it, it reminds me of how Zachariah says, don't despise the day of small beginnings because we don't know just the impact of the small things that we're doing. Um, and, and sometimes we say, oh, I don't like Zoom. I don't like technology, but I am every day thankful for the doors that it opens up and the ways that like even the people in Myanmar, they're still living under this coup and it's hard times for them there. And so it does bring some encouragement to them. We're very thankful for that. Okay, so for today, I don't know, did you all take your little cards last week? Uh, that'd be the next slide. Um, Sarah had given us the first in our new series for our prayer playlist. Uh, let's all read that together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So I hope you read this and kept this where you could see it to remember it last week. I found uh, several days when I read it, it was a good reminder. I thought, oh, I'm not really doing that today. I know that's a good idea, but today doesn't look like I'm practicing that. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and go into our next uh, prayer on our playlist. Before we do, I just want to acknowledge one thing. I, I've been doing an interfaith Bible study with a group of women, and we're we're using a book uh, and a study called Waymaker by Ann Voskamp. And I have learned so much and I feel like I'm being challenged and inspired to grow so much that I, I don't know sometimes whether I'm saying something I read from her or it was my own idea or was it in the Bible. So I just have to give her credit. I'm not trying to plagiarize her work or just copy it, but it has really influenced me. And you'll hear some of that. And if you know me, you may have already heard some of that come out because, um, you know, we're never too old to grow in our faith and in our knowledge of God's word and, and how God wants to work in our lives. So um, I just, that's my disclaimer today. If I say things that are in her book. I acknowledge it. <laughs> okay, so the next slide will show us our new prayer for the playlist today. And I will have these cards to give to you as you leave. Only it just says the shortened version, come quickly, Lord, to help me. So let's just read this verse together. Be pleased to save me, Lord, Come quickly, Lord, to help. And that's Psalm 40, 13. So the more I looked at that verse, I thought, well, what more can we say about it? It's just a few words. Um, 
it's easy enough to remember. And especially we might think of this verse as uh, if we're facing a catastrophe in difficult times. Like when I went in for surgery on my wrist, um, if you've had surgery, you know the drill. It's not a fun day. There's no food, no water, no pain pills. And then surgeries are often delayed. So by the time they took me into the operating room, I was kind of a, a basket case. I was just really not doing well. And then they told me to lie down and put my arms out like this because they're going to work on both arms. And I felt pretty vulnerable and <laughs> exposed and like, oh, wow. All I could do was offer up one of these little short prayers. Only mine was uh, Psalm 34, 7. I looked up in the corner of the operating room in the corners and I just said, thank you, God, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And then I went to sleep, praise God. <laughs> and I woke up and he did deliver me. I appreciated the word that Stanley was giving today that it, it's not that we don't have troubles. It's not that we don't have problems, but he is with us. And right there in that operating room, I knew he was with me and I could call on him. And I'm just very, very thankful. And I'm thankful for the word of God and that it's, I know verses like that. So I could cry out in that kind of crisis moment for myself. So this, this new prayer for this week, uh, Lord, help, help me come quickly, Lord, to help. We can use that for catastrophes for difficult times, but what about just every day? Is that the cry of our hearts every day? Not just because everything's going wrong. And I had been really challenged with that thought in looking at that, the verse. Uh, and I'm gonna suggest today that that verse is not just for big events, but it is a prayer for every day. And then that poses the question, why do I need help every day? I've got it together. I'm an American. I have a pretty easy life. I can pride myself on that. But is that really all there is? And do I need that help from God every day? Um, Steve Wonky told me he wanted me to be sure and tell a story about when my kids were growing up. You know, we prayed all the time for your, our kids. We prayed for protection. We prayed for all sorts of things. But um, one morning we were getting ready to go to church and Aaron came in the kitchen carrying a snake that he had, he, we lived in the mountains and he'd been outside and he just carried this little baby snake in the house. And then I didn't pray because it was just, I don't know. I probably was appalled, but I didn't say any prayer. And then 
Dion, my older son, he came in and said, what are you doing with that snake? And he took it away from Aaron. Now Dion's holding it. And then my husband, Jack, comes in the kitchen and he goes, don't bring snakes in the house. And he takes it from Dion and goes outside and throws it down on the ground. And it's a baby rattlesnake. And all three of my men and at that, well, there were others in the house, but those three all handled that snake and no one was bitten. But I didn't pray right at that. I didn't even know I was in danger. I didn't even know there was danger in the house for the boys or for anyone else. And so I don't, you know, often we can have prayers for catastrophes, but we might not pray them. But hopefully we've been praying for protection all along. Hopefully we've been praying for God's help every day, not just in the moment, because we might not know we really need help. So does that qualify, Steve? Is that a, a good story? It's a true story. Okay. So I wanted us to look at, you know, when you take just one verse out of the Bible, sometimes it's really good to go back and look at what comes before and what comes after. So I kept reading all of Psalm 40, and I would listen to it on my audio Bible. Let's look at uh, verses 11 and 12 that come before 13. It says, do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head and my heart fails within me. I think, um, just go back to that a minute. I think it's important to to think about do I have troubles without number or do I just think life is good and I'm okay and I don't want to talk about troubles or do I have sins that have overtaken me and I cannot see even though I walk with Jesus am I still a sinner do I still need him? Um, those are good verses because look at the next verse then, verse 13. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help. So this, there's the psalmist crying out, be pleased to save me, Lord. And you can say, well, I know I'm saved. And yet I want God to save me again today because I don't know all the dangers that are lurking before me and even within me. But verse 17, if I jump down over some of those other verses, really spoke to me. But as for me, I am poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. I want to propose that we stop using that term, I'm poor and needy, because we might think we've got it all together now. And I, I know God, I walk with him, and that's for those other people 
who are really truly poor and needy. And I'm not thinking of poor in a physical sense. I'm thinking of, of spiritually poor. I don't know what you think about that, uh, but it challenges me in my morning time with God. Do I recognize my need for him every day? Lord, help me. You know, um, in John 14, when Jesus was talking with the disciples, he said in that verse, um, the next slide, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is saying that to his disciples, that if I want to bear fruit in any given day, I have to stay remained, remaining connected with the vine. I have to continue to be a branch. And what does that look like? It's not always my nature. Some days I don't want to do things that God might want me to do. So I am poor and needy if I'm going to follow God and live a lifestyle that's pleasing to him. Because he says, I can't do it without him. It's not my, it's not my nature. It's not my own strength. And yet again, I think, especially in America, we do feel pretty confident we've got it all together. Except maybe not every day, but most days we do. Most days we can pat ourselves on the back and say, wow, look what I did. But Jesus is saying we can't really do that. It's like there's not really good in me. I am poor and needy. And I th it's mostly that I just recognize that so that I'm walking with Jesus through these things and not depending on myself. So I was, when I was working on this message, I started thinking about an old hymn. And since I'm old, I guess it's okay. It was from 1813. So I had to go look it up. The Come Now Fount of Every Blessing, if you remember that. Somewhere in the third line, it says, let thy goodness like a fetter. And that a fetter was like a manacle that would fit around your ankle. So it's God's goodness be like a, a manacle to me, a fetter. Bind my wonder, wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Does your heart wander? Because mine does. Wanders all over the place and wanting my own way or just not putting, not going back to the verse from last week, not loving the Lord with all my heart, my soul, my strength. That, that's not an easy way to live. That's not a natural way to live. 
So I need to be aware of that. But there is hope. We don't, God gives us what we need to do it, but we have to look to him. Um, And one of the things that has helped me in this Bible study is to identify and write down my fears. The things that we don't really want to talk about or the things I don't even want to think about, I kind of push aside. What are the underlying fears that rob me of my joy and my close walk with God every day? And so for me, I started, I thought, what? Write them down? I don't want to do that. But I had to acknowledge, it's more to acknowledge what's distracting me, what's keeping me far from God sometimes. So I I just made a small list. And one of the first ones was the future. Obviously, none of us know what the future holds, but we like to think we're in some control. We work hard to try to be in control. And even that word Stanley had today, you know, we people want safety and we want to find ways to control our future. But God didn't ever promise us that we wouldn't have trials and problems and all sorts of things. He just promised to be with us. And um, that's that tension that we have to realize. One of the other uh, fears that I had that I wrote down was health. As you get older and you have more and more things that can go wrong, and I don't talk, I don't want to talk about them. I don't probably even stopped praying about them because I've been praying about them for so long. And so we just don't acknowledge them, but they sit back here and they make you worry or they distract you from loving God. That's part of what I saw. Um, there was a, a quote from Ann Voskamp from this study that really struck me that she said, fear is the love of self. So if I just take health, for example, am I just worried about that I don't want to suffer or that I, whatever I want, it's all about me. Jesus asked us to explore what we are so afraid of so we can identify what we are loving more than him. So am I loving myself more than I love him? Because he's promised to be with me. You can just leave that up for a few minutes, Grace. He's promised to be with me, and he's promised to take care of me. So why is that so high on my list? And anyway, I just found it a very helpful exercise, and I was surprised to be able to acknowledge, oh, I really do have fears. Oh, it's okay to say I have these fears because I'm talking with God, and he wants to deliver me from those fears, but he can't if I don't acknowledge that I have them. It's a tension. I think as believers, sometimes we just want to talk about 
the good and we want to declare good things and it's all true, but is it real with my soul? Um, I could see some days I was not loving God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. I was caught in fears for myself. So like the psalmist, I can go back to verse 17 and say, I am poor and needy. I have these struggles and I need to be honest about them. And I'm poor and needy for God, not for some miraculous deliverance or whatever I'm looking for, but I'm poor and needy for God to just be with me and to strengthen my faith, to show up and take care of me. And also I'm poor and needy because I can't really take care of myself. Does anyone else try to take care of yourself? Just me? <laughs> On days when I really need to be trusting God, I instead am going to run out and do something that I think is going to take care of me more than spend time with God. I've gotten real convicted about that in these last few months. And I, I realize I probably have more time than some of you and I don't have little children at home. I don't have a lot of interruptions, but I still have distractions of things I'd rather go do than take the time to just be with God in that. So I wanted to invite you today. I was already going to do this before Stanley had his question, but I, was, I have some paper here if anyone wants to write down some of the fears that you're struggling with that you could be giving to God and talking to him about. And I like Stanley's question of where does your help come from? I just thought we we're always talking about activation and we wanting to take something with us that we could use in the week. So I wanted to give maybe two minutes and just invite you to think about that and write down or in your phone notes, wherever you keep notes or anyone wants paper is that okay. yeah I don't know oh there's more here thank you probably most people don't use paper anymore <laughs> yeah but just ask God to show you what what are the fears that are robbing you? Where are you poor and needy and maybe not even wanting to admit it because you feel like it's not right or not good or we shouldn't say those things out loud. We shouldn't admit that we're poor and needy. But I think God loves it. It's that picture to me of when they asked me to lie down and spread my arms out like this, it's that surrender to God. God, show me where I'm poor and needy for you and show me what fears I'm holding on to 
that keep me from you. So this week, as you spend time with God, as you draw near to him, I, I just pray that you would surrender your needs to him, your fears, your maybe take that posture of presenting yourself to him as poor and needy. If we can do nothing apart from him, we, we must stay grafted into him. And that's a fight every day because the enemy of our soul wants to pull us away. The cares of this world want to pull us away. So that's a challenge for us. It's not an easy walk with Jesus. And I'll be at the door with these cards for this week with our prayer list. And I... I'm a little curious about this verse because it says just the second half of it, come quickly, Lord, to help me. I, I feel God's always with us. So I guess the quickly is quickly for me to recognize him. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think he can come any quicker if he's already here. So anyway, we will have, a prayer team available here if you would like prayer for any of these things we've talked about today or anything else and also online uh, please send us an email or let us know how we can be praying for you thank you all for coming and um, yeah just God bless you have a good week <laughs>